Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I'm not sure that Raider fans even want to get out of bed this morning. I know there's a lot of teams that lost over the weekend. Your favorite college team, your favorite pro team. The fact that we're rolling into Thanksgiving week, maybe a lot of people, including me, going to have a little bit shorter week than normal. But I understand if Raider fans don't even want to roll out of bed this morning because you thought you had it done. Jason Witten, phenomenal play by Derek Carr, late touchdown pass. Hey, look, we're going to do it again. We already beat the Chiefs once. We're going to beat them again. Boom. Jason Witten making a play. Raider Nation is back, baby. They were showing Brent Musburger on the television. John Gruden's got the scowl going, even though you can't see it because it's behind his mask. And then what happens? Patrick Mahomes with the cold, hard slap of reality right upside the face of Raider Nation. And the truth of the matter is this. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes, you ain't beating him very much for the next 10 plus years. And he did what he's going to do and has been doing to a lot of different people. He went the length of the field 
and he wasn't trying to get into overtime. He was trying to end the game, and he did. Travis Kelsey, probably not been that wide open in a long time. The Raiders weren't ready for prime time. They played well at times, had a couple of drops. Laying around in bed, you don't want to get out of bed. I know the feeling, Raider fans. There are a lot of NFL fans and a lot of college football fans who are feeling what you are. But my, my goodness, what a win, what a drive by Patrick Mahomes. We got a lot of NFL stories to get into, and we're going to be breaking them down with Sean Merriman in the next segment. I'm about to run through a bunch of them with you here. By the way, Joel Klatt will join us in the third. Uh, We have got so many different storylines to dive into. But I want to start with this big question. Who do you feel like can actually win the Super Bowl this year? As we get ready for what should be a great Monday night football game, and this is probably a conversation we can have tomorrow as well, but how many teams are you 100% confident of? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't have any faith whatsoever right now in the Baltimore Ravens. I just don't. And I know last year they were white hot coming down the stretch and everybody was talking about how it was impossible to stop their offense. But Derrick Henry had the walk-off and it was a phenomenal play. And the overtime and the Titans coming back and, and everything that took place in that game. As a Titans season ticket holder, I loved it. I'm not sure we learned anything new about the Titans that we didn't already know in that game. But the Ravens, every time we have an opportunity for the Ravens to prove, hey, we're for real now, they're not stepping up and managing to do it. And there are a lot of different reasons why that can be. But if you look at what's happened so far this year, Chiefs come in for a major statement game in Baltimore. Ravens get dominated. Steelers come in undefeated. You got to win this game to be alive to win the division. Lamar Jackson, four turnovers. Titans come in, revenge game. You know what they did to you last year. Here they come again. This is your opportunity to demonstrate it's a new year. You got your revenge opportunity. Titans win again. And so if you break all this down, you get time after time after time an opportunity for a team in the Ravens to make a statement. And they now have gone in their last 11 football games, six and five. They lost the, the playoff game last year to the Titans, really got dominated, physically beaten. They now are six and four on the year. They gave up a lead. It was a different kind of game, but it ended in much the same way with the Titans out physicaling the Ravens. A.J. Brown, you can't get him on the ground. He wills his way into the end zone on you. You get the ball to start overtime. You get sacked. I think it was the only sack the Titans had the whole game. And then Derrick Henry houses it, walks off on a run right into the heart of your defense, and the Titans just out-physicaled the Ravens. And so, look, I understand, and look, I'd like for this to be a, a lesson. We learned a ton about the, the Titans here, but I don't think that actually happened. I think what we learned is the Ravens are kind of a pretender 
when it comes to actually being able to win a championship. And that would make me pretty nervous if I am a Baltimore Raven fan right now thinking about where we are headed from here. Now, certainly things can change. And maybe on Thursday, Lamar Jackson's going to go on the road with his Ravens teammates and they're going to beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers and they're going to go on the road and everybody's going to talk about what a difference maker Lamar Jackson is. But I'm starting to get a little bit nervous if I'm watching things that we're seeing Colin Kaepernick part two, Tim Tebow part three, however you want to classify it. Over time in the NFL, what typically happens is running quarterbacks get exposed. And if you go back and look at all the hype surrounding Tim Tebow several years ago, oh, he just finds a way to win. This guy is unstoppable. I remember all the Tebow hype. I was a part of it. And if you remember all the Colin Kaepernick hype, I'm not talking about the Colin Kaepernick protest hype. I'm talking about the Colin Kaepernick's the greatest quarterback that's ever existed. Ron Jaworski coming out at ESPN and saying it. All of that. If you bought into those two hype takeover situations, tell me that Lamar Jackson doesn't feel a little bit like Tim Tebow and doesn't feel a little bit like Colin Kaepernick. Now, yes, he was the MVP. Yes, he had an incredible year last year. But what I have always said, people got upset with me last year. I said, I want to see guys do it for prolonged periods of time. Because ultimately, the NFL is a third down passer league. And you have to prove that you can consistently move the chains and you can get first downs. And if you get the ball late, you have to prove that you can go the length of the field and that you can win games for your team. And Lamar Jackson hasn't proven that he can bring his team back from a deficit. Usually he's playing from ahead. And when he actually has to play from behind, there are major issues out there. And again, what did Lamar Jackson do on Sunday? 17 of 29, 186 yards passing, a touchdown, an interception. The interception was a bad decision. Ravens were in pretty good control when he threw that interception. Didn't run the ball particularly well, 13 times for 51 yards, fairly pedestrian there. And this is not a great Titans defense. They couldn't stop him on third down. The Titans outgained the Ravens pretty substantially in this game. They ran the ball for over five yards a rush. Derrick Henry eventually took over. I bring up all of this to say I'm not sold on the Ravens as being a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. And I think a lot of you probably agree with me about that. How about the playoff scenarios in general? We all know Ben Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls. I don't think anybody would argue that the Steelers aren't a Super Bowl contender. I don't think anybody would argue that the Chiefs aren't a Super Bowl contender no matter what happens against the Raiders. When you get them into the postseason, I would take my chances with Patrick Mahomes against anyone. I don't know that I buy into the Bills as a Super Bowl contender right now with Josh Allen. Maybe even more so with that defense, the way they're playing this year, but they're 7-3. and three. I do kind of buy into the Colts, even with the failures that we've seen over the years from Phillip Rivers. Big win for the Colts over the Packers. But if they can protect Phillip Rivers, his ability to make throws has never been in question. It's his ability to make throws under duress. And the Colts may have the best offensive line in terms of giving him the ability to make throws in the entire country. 
And so I think maybe I buy into the Colts. We'll see what happens this weekend against the Titans. I would expect the Colts to win and really kind of take control of that division with a second win over the Titans in three weeks. I think the Colts are better, personally. Uh, I definitely don't buy into Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Congratulations, Browns fans, on your team getting to 7-3. and three, But I'm not really a believer there. Uh, and I don't buy into Miami. I really... Look, Derek Carr, I, I kind of question in general. I know there's reasons for optimism in LA. Uh, sorry, in, in, in Las Vegas, but I'm not sure I buy into them. The Saints, uh, so that's the AFC teams. I think anybody else I wouldn't really say that I buy into. In the NFC, I definitely buy into the Saints. They went 5-0 and last year with Teddy Bridgewater. Taysom Hill comes in, answers a lot of questions. You saw the tweet that Sean McVay sent out responding to uh, the, the criticisms. And from Roddy White, I think it was. The Seahawks, look, Russell Wilson has proven he can do it, even if you have questions about their defense. The Packers, yes, they gave away that game. They were up 28-14. They really probably should have won. This is a great stat for you to prove how sometimes even with great quarterbacks, bad things can happen when it comes to overtime. Aaron Rodgers, 2-8-1 and one in overtime games. He's attempted only 17 passes in overtime in those games. Uh, he lost four times without touching the ball, three times on overtime turnovers uh, with the winning points coming off the turnover. And so sometimes the best guys out there don't end up making the biggest and best plays at the right time. It just also shows you how arbitrary overtime can be. But certainly, look, is there anybody out there who doesn't believe that the uh, the Packers are capable of going out there and winning a uh, a championship? And I believe the Bucks are. And maybe the Rams... Maybe the Cardinals, if everything got white hot for them. So what I'm getting at is here, there's a lot of teams that you feel like have a chance to be able to win a championship. And I don't think Baltimore's one of them. I really don't. I don't like the team chemistry. I don't like the fact that they are 6-5 and five in their last 11. And we'll see. Maybe I'm going to be proven completely wrong and the Steelers are going to blow one at home. Maybe the Ravens coming off of a tough physical game are going to turn around four days later, go win on the road against the Steelers and serve notice that they can beat anybody this postseason. Maybe that's the way they need to play. Maybe Lamar Jackson is going to play better without being at home like he has been for the first two playoff games in his career. But the pressure, I think, is going to start to get ratcheted up in a big way on Lamar Jackson in the same way that it did with other guys who had a lot of regular season success. And now even that regular season success is starting to fade a bit for Lamar Jackson. Up next, I'm going to ask Sean Merriman that exact question. What do we think about this situation with Lamar Jackson? And how nervous should Raven fans be? Plus, what else did we learn from an entire day's activities in the NFL. We will continue to break all that down with you. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join now by... A guy who knows a little something about defense in the NFL. He's also got a uh, great podcast with iHeart, the Lights Out podcast. He is Sean Merriman. He joins us a lot of times on Monday morning as we break down what we saw happen on Sunday. And we got a lot to get to, but I want to start with your boy, Philip Rivers, who uh, is aging, but he's still playing at a pretty high level. 
Colts get a big win over the Packers in what was an incredible overtime game. First of all, how good are the Colts? Are they a threat in your mind in the AFC? And uh, and and how good has Phillip Rivers been? Well, for one, I think Colts are definitely a threat. Um, you know, playing in a division one like they're playing, and you always have a shot to come out on top. So when you look at teams like that, those are the, those are the type of teams you don't typically want to see in the playoffs first time around. I mean, they are well balanced. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. And look, I mean, as far as Phillip. That was the biggest problem his last year with the Chargers. I mean, they had a banged-up offensive line. He was getting hit, and he's already a guy who can't run. He's not mobile. Definitely, he's never been that, but he's definitely not at this stage of his career. But they're blocking for him. They're giving him time. And these guys are going out making plays. And as long as they go out and keep making plays, uh, they're going to be very scared to play down here in the stretch. I mean, is it just me or is the AFC in particular? I mean, I know how good uh, you know Patrick Mahomes is on any given week, and uh, and certainly we can uh, we can talk about the fact that the Steelers are unbeaten. But when I look at the AFC, it just looks wide open to me, right? I mean, they're just like in terms of even trying to figure out who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win divisions. It just seems like there's not a lot that separates you know the first team from the ninth or tenth best team. No, it's not. And you look at the Steelers, and obviously they're they're the best team in football right now. Uh, they're the most balanced team in football right now, playing the game great in all three phases. And Ben Roethlisberger, man, I mean, look, you know, him coming back off of that injury and him at his age, nobody thought. I mean, I definitely didn't think that he'll be playing at this level coming back so soon. Um, and they're well, they're probably the, the the most well coached team in football. You know, Mike Tomlin got these guys rolling this year but you go look at Patrick Mahomes you know Patrick Mahomes is is the best quarterback in football and at any given time any given day he can blow blow you up and blow right by you uh but you look at some of the other teams going around man and and it's like I like you said before it's just there's no one team that you're going to say you know what no one can beat them because you know you look at the the Colts we just been talking about the Colts could they go out and sneak and and win a game against the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely uh, could the uh, uh, you know Steelers end up in the playoffs still undefeated or go you know sixteen and zero, fifteen and one, and lose in the first round against one of these teams we just mentioned? Absolutely. So if you look at look at the AFC, you're absolutely right. Um, you know any any one of these teams can win any any day of the week. We're talking to Sean Merriman. How nervous do you think that the Baltimore Ravens should be? about what's going on with Lamar Jackson. They are now in their last 11 games, 6-5. and five. They lost a tough overtime game against the Titans, and uh, we've talked about that game a decent amount on the show so far. But to me, big picture here, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, 6-5 and five in their last 11, 6-4 this season. Our defense is catching up. You've you've seen guys go out and ca- take the NFL by storm, and then you know how it works. The NFL, the guys go back into their uh, in, into their laboratory. They look at all the different defensive setups. As a guy who was an All Pro in the NFL, are you seeing things that are being done that the Ravens are clearly having trouble with? And is it more what they're doing or what the defense is doing to them? Well, first and foremost. You know what kind of quarterback Lamar Jackson is, right? I mean, he, he's going to give you 150 to 200 yards throwing. He's going to you know rush anywhere between 50 and 75 yards a game and have one or two rushing touchdowns, one or two throws. Like, you know what you're going to get from him. I don't, I don't think he's the problem. You know what you're going to get. I mean, yes, defense are figuring him out a little bit more and, and, and whatever, but the biggest problem is that defense. 
they're just not playing Ravens football in the, in the defense they normally have played in the past. Uh, one thing that made the Ravens a great team was they're able to run the ball, manage the ball, and throw the throw, and then also playing great defense. And right now, they can't hold up against anybody. I mean, the, the Titans just ran all over the place on them. And, and don't get me wrong, it's you know King Henry back there, and he's gonna he's gonna get his yards. But they're getting bullied up front. Up front, the defensive line are getting tossed around, and, and that's not something that they're accustomed to. So if you're not running the ball well, you're not playing great defense. You can't go out and expect Lamar Jackson to be anything other than Lamar Jackson. You drafted him. You know what type of quarterback he is. He's not going to go out there and sling it. He needs a defense that's going to hold up. And as long as that keeps happening, uh, I don't. I don't see a bright future for them until they figure it out on the defense side of the ball. Tua got benched. Uh, how do you think that plays in the locker room? Fitzpatrick comes in. They're not able to come back and win. Uh, the Dolphins had won five in a row. They lose on the road against the Broncos. What do you think the response is in the locker room to that decision? You know, I know that Tua was excited. He was cheering Fitzpatrick for getting on back in the game, but there has to be some kind of consistency. You can't, whenever one quarterback starts to have a problem, you can't throw the other one in. I mean, uh, you made a decision to move on to Tua, uh, from Ryan, from Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is fine, but win, lose, or draw, you need to stay with a guy at this point. You can't, you know, throw Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in back in the mix after two is not going out there getting it done. Now you're going to have some games and some teams going to play that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better fit to go out and win football games for you. But it doesn't matter at that at that quarterback position. You got to have some consistency there and not throw Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the mix when things are not going well. Justin Herbert, you're a Charger guy. We're talking to uh, Sean Merriman. Herbert went 37 for 49, 366 yards, three touchdowns. And with the Joe Burrow injury and Tua getting benched, I also think basically the rookie of the year is over. It's it's going to be Herbert's to win. But I got a couple of questions about Herbert for you. First of all, as a Charger uh, guy, how exciting is this to watch him? And second... Can you remember a guy who has looked this much better at the quarterback position his rookie year in the NFL compared to his senior year in college? Because I can't. I was, I was talking about this earlier on the show. It's not just that Justin Herbert's great. I watched a lot of those Oregon Duck games with him, and he didn't look anywhere near the quality of player that he has been in the NFL. So I'm curious if you can remember seeing a guy who came in this fast and looked this good relative maybe to expectations. Yeah, and, and, and just to say this, that during the combine, uh, I, posted, I posted a tweet uh, during the combine and said, look, Justin Herbert is the only quarterback for this team, and he is the future of this team. And I've seen that because it fits their style of offense. He is a uh, uh, NFL-style quarterback. And what I mean by that is, you have some guys that are stuck in the system in college. You have some coaches that say, you know what, this is my playbook. I want you to play this way because this is how we have the plays drawn up. Now the NFL, his talent and his elite level gets to shine. He gets to use his arm and get creative, use his legs. I mean, he's, people are not remembering that he's 6'6", 6'7", he's 6'7", 235-plus pounds. This is not a small quarterback, and he's mobile. He can do so many different things. And some of these darts that he's throwing out there right now, the Keenan Allen, the one he had when they just drilled the ball in the back of the end zone, you know, those type of things where you anticipate where a wide receiver is going to be, that, those are things you pick up your third and fourth and fifth year in the NFL. He's doing that right now. The closest quarterback I can see in the last decade to come out and just ready to go right now 
uh, I would say, is Andrew Luck. Uh, when I seen Andrew Luck, it was my last, uh, my last years with the Bills, and I got a chance to play him, and I was like, my gosh, man, this guy, this, this young, this coming in is ready to go, who was also a uh, mo- very mobile quarterback and which is really people didn't understand how, how mobile he was. But Andrew Luck playing against him, he was very fast and very mobile for his size. So that's the only quarterback that I saw in the, really seen the last 10 years, the last decade to come in as NFL ready. And, I, and let me tell you this, Justin Herbert, we're just seeing that he's just scratching the surface. I don't think people even seeing what he's going to be capable of doing. This is a guy who can throw for 50, 350 yards a game. And if the defense keep holding up and getting him get the ball back in his hands, he can average 350 a game, no problem. We're talking to Sean Merriman, NFC East. Uh, this is just a joke. I mean, as a player – when you look around and think, I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I mean, he's just been atrocious. Uh, the Cowboys went on the road and beat the Vikings. You've got uh, the Giants, who seem to be uh, cycling up a little bit. Uh, the, the, the Washington football team. Does it seem fair that a winner of the NFC East is going to get to host a home playoff game? And that, frankly, it's probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play in that game. Uh, and maybe the Bucs think that's not a bad deal because they're going to get the best matchup of all. But it seems kind of ridiculous to me that, one, they even get a bid, and, two, they get to host a home playoff game. No, I don't think it's fair at all, and I think that at some point in time it needs to change because it's been like that for a while. And you look at uh, the NFC West and look at how many teams are locked in at, at what, 6-3 and three or 7-3, and three, and they're neck and neck, and some of those teams are not going to get in. And you look at this division, and it's been like that for some time. It's, it's, it's almost in the sense of who can lose the best. Right, I mean, that's when you start to look at that, that division and see what's going on. And you look around the NFL, and everybody is at least competitive in some type of way. Well, there's a clear best team in that division. And now you kind of you look at this division, you're like, wow. I mean, this team is really going to get a chance to get in the playoffs and take a spot with, with, from a team that is much better record than they have. So, yeah, at some point in time, you, the NFL has to, has to look at that and, 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 and make a decision on, on how they are going to move forward in the playoff berth because it, it, it is. It's embarrassing. We're talking to Sean Merriman running through all the activities going on in the, uh, in the NFL over the weekend. You can listen to Sean Merriman's podcast, the Lights Out podcast, uh, as part of the iHeart Podcast Network. Sean, the, uh, the NFC in general, we talked about how many teams there are in the uh, – in the AFC that have a chance to potentially win this uh, win this uh, Super Bowl trip. But when you look at the decision that the Saints made to go with Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, as a defensive player, what would you have thought about that choice and how would you assess Taysom Hill's performance on Sunday? Well, you know, I don't want to take anything from, from Taysom Hill because he can do it all. I mean, he's, he's earned his stripes uh, in multiple positions. He's done everything that the organization has asked him to do. So, you know, I, I, the problem that, that lies in me, and, I'm, and I really talk with it myself, is how we need to stop praising one guy to kind of kick another guy to the curb. We're not saying that Taysom Hill and, and, uh, and Jameis, there's a problem there. But if you look at it from the outside looking in, Jameis Winston, uh, Winston probably should have had the upper hand of playing quarterback. He probably should have had the upper hand of, of being a starter uh, than the Drew Brees went down. But that's not to take anything away from Taysom Hill. I, and, I, and I think we do too much of that nowadays. If you can't uh, give someone else props without kicking another one to the curb. But from the outside looking at a defensive player, you, think that you, you would think that Jameis Winston had a better shot or should have been the starting quarterback. 
What do you think about uh, the decision? I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, but you had immediately after the game, Sean Payton, uh, who has coached a lot of games in the NFL, he went on Twitter. Did you see what he did? Uh, what he did on oh, Twitter? Yeah, Roddy White. Yeah. 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 So for people out there who may not have seen this, I'm going to read it for you. I'm scrolling through my Twitter account. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Sean Payton, right after the game, Roddy White said, "Saints about to get whipped, trying us with Taysom Hill at QB. We about to snack them." And uh, Sean Payton retweeted that after the game. You like that from a head coach, or you don't like that? I do, man. I do, especially for um, you know former players or just just anybody coming from a, another uh, team in that division, right? And you want the team to resemble the coach's attitude. So big, big, big props to uh, Sean Payton for coming back at him that way, and it just shows the confidence that he has in Taysom Hill and. Uh, really the confidence going forward. And, you know, being a player in the locker room, you love it, right? You love it because you're looking – I was surprised that we didn't see a bunch of the other guys retweet it as well uh, <laughs> because it it just shows, man, uh, the confident level that he has. And playing in that division, man, you, you have to have that attitude that you're just not going to be successful. Did uh, – uh, last question for you, and we're talking to Sean Merriman – did the Bengals set up Joe Burrow to fail? I mean, one of the one of the big challenges, and we may see this with Trevor Lawrence. In fact, I think you said on our show a couple of weeks ago, you know, the Jets continue to lose, and you said, "Hey, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I don't know that I want to go to the Jets organization because of the incompetence there." And you went through this a little bit yourself with Eli Manning not wanting to play with the Chargers. I know it's an awful injury. Joe Burrow's out for the year. He showed a lot of flashes, but they gave up a lot of hits for him. Uh, did the Bengals uh, not do what they should have done with their young quarterback, or is it unfair to blame the Bengals organization? Well, uh, first off, I hope Joe Burrow, is, is, uh, he has a healthy, uh, good surgery and a healthy uh, recovery. Uh, you never want to see that uh, somebody of that talent level um, that he's, he's going to have one of the brightest futures, and, and you can see it early on. And he was just put in a position to have to do too much his first year. And it's unfortunate sometimes that uh, an organization don't build enough around you. And I'm, and I'm talking about from the offensive line standpoint. They let uh, him get dead the, a lot. Yeah, I mean, he was getting hit, and he was being forced to do way too much. I mean, look. He's still a rookie. First of all, I'm against anyway rookies being thrown on the field right away. Anyway, I'm I'm totally. You're old school it. in that respect, where you think young yeah. quarterbacks should have a little bit more seasoning. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think that especially, especially because they didn't have a full off season. He didn't have a preseason with this with this team, mini camps, and all the things that they normally would have had. That for sure, you bring somebody else in, and even if you got to take some lumps early on, you get that other guy and let him come in four or five, six games into the season because this is going to be your guy for the next five or ten years. Never throw a guy of Joe Burrow's statue right there in the mix. And I'm not, I don't want to say that it's their fault because freak injuries happen all the time to anybody. But at the same time, you can't put a guy of his skill level, someone who you expect to be around five and ten years in your organization and put him in a bad situation. And I think that's what happened, not just because of the injury. I mean, the back-to-back hits that he was taking the entire year. All this added up to him to, to just end up being that one uh, uh, knee injury that he had. Talking to Sean Merriman. Sean, appreciate the time, my man. We will uh, talk to you hopefully next week. Have a good uh, Thanksgiving week. You got any big plans? Uh, yeah, I'll be back home on the East Coast. Uh, my family in Maryland and my son and, and spend the time there and uh, hopefully come back not 10 pounds heavier.
what's your first round draft pick for Thanksgiving? If you're going into the going into the the buffet line and you can only grab one thing, what would be your first uh, first round pick? Oh, the candy yams. Candy oh yams, yeah, sure. Yeah, candy yams. We, you know, my grandmother, you know, from uh, my family's from South Carolina originally, yep. so they get down in the kitchen, and I'll uh, I'll actually throw blows to somebody who touches <laughs> the candy yams first because I like going in first for those. Outstanding stuff as always. He's Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast, iHeart Podcast Network. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope all of you are having a fantastic start to your week. Many of you, it's Thanksgiving week. Many of you out there probably not going to be having a traditional week. Maybe you're not going to have a traditional Thanksgiving. Uh, my family is already down in Florida. I'm going to go down and join them uh, in a little bit. Understand some of you are not going to be traveling at all. I am going to be traveling. So uh, that is, uh, that's where we're headed. But we did get a great weekend of college football. And in the Big Ten in particular, and as you know, this show fought harder for the Big Ten to be playing than any show anywhere in the country, television or radio. And it looks like we have the Big Ten title game set. Ohio State outlasted Indiana. Michael Penix Jr., if you are an Indiana Hoosier fan, Tom Allen, you have to be absolutely thrilled with the fight that your team showed. They got the ball back, had a chance to make a late drive, couldn't ever really get it back to even. But they fought back from a 28-7 to deficit. They fought back from a 42-21 to deficit. They never quit just absolutely through haymaker after haymaker at Ohio State. Uh, I believe the Hoosiers, even though they lost, proved a lot of people, uh, proved to a lot of people that they are a legitimate program on the rise. So Ohio State likely to come out of the Big Ten East. The team that's likely to come out of the Big Ten West. How about Northwestern? The Wildcats got a win over Wisconsin. They now are sitting at 5-0, and Northwestern is. With uh, just a couple of games left, they are close to basically locking down the Big Ten West. And Joey Galloway, who works at ESPN, criticized Northwestern by basically saying they didn't have any good players by saying they got a lot of dudes that look like Reese Davis. Now, I'm going to unpack that in a minute. Reese Davis uh, is a good dude. Uh, works in college football, is uh, is the, the host of College Game Day now, and uh, he's replaced Chris Fowler. Really good dude, Reese Davis. But here is what uh, it sounded like when Joey Galloway said it. This is a video that was put out from Northwestern that shows, and you're not going to see it all, but I'd encourage you to go check out my uh, check out the video that I put out. But it shows all the different players. Uh, this is audio that's coming from their practice that they got ready. And by the way, the defense is legit. Pat Fitzgerald, credit to him for what he has been able to put together in Northwestern football. But this was the clip that Northwestern put out on Sunday night. I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's listen. How would that impact the way you looked at Northwestern as it pertains to a shot at a playoff spot? I've been watching Northwestern play, and, and honestly, I mean, they got a bunch of Reese Davises out there running around. A bunch of Reese Davises running around. Yeah, we are a bunch of Reese Davises. Reese Davis. I hope they don't cut that. <laughs> 
Morning, Reese. Coach Reese. Oh my God, Reese Davis with the catch. <laughs> my name is Riley Reese Davis. Not bad for a bunch of Reese Davis. All I see is a bunch of Reese Davis. Head coach Reese Davis. Woo! That's Reese Davis one, Reese Davis two. The problem Three. is, too, which hate, what I hate is Reese Davis is a great guy. Yeah. Nice catch, Reese. Way to go. Because I'm looking at a bunch of bad Reese Davis. Okay, so that entire thing is phenomenal, right? Now, what Joey Galloway said, kind of a little bit racist. Let's be honest. If you flip the races in that storyline, and it is an insult being delivered towards a minority group, Reese Davis, a white dude, and he was saying, oh, they got a bunch of dudes who look like Reese Davis. And that's kind of a racist thing to say because your presumption is, oh, they can't be good at football because they look like Reese Davis because they are preppy white guys, right? That's basically what Joey Galloway was saying. And Northwestern's pretty good at football. But what I like about this is the way you win is not by being perpetually offended, right? curling up in the fetal position, being upset, demanding that somebody be canceled. That's not the way sports works. When you get insulted, you use it as motivation, you dunk on your opponents, and then you put it back out there in a humorous way and make them wear it. This is perfect, the way that Northwestern responded to this story. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there that frankly don't know very much about Northwestern. How many of you who just heard that audio and may go seek out my Twitter handle at Clay Travis or the Northwestern football Twitter handle to go see that, how many of you out there are now like, you know what? I'm a lot more likely to root for Northwestern now. Because the truth of the matter is, one of the great things about sports is most of us aren't the stud athlete, right? No matter who you are out there listening to me right now, most of you listening right now played sports your whole lives. You're on different teams. Most of you were not the best player on your team. You were not the physical freak. You were not the specimen on your team. You weren't the guy who got off the bus first to try to send a message about your team, right? You had to scrap and claw and play the edges in order to win. And seeing a team which is not made up of physical freaks, and by the way, a team that is actually student athletes, got to be pretty smart to get into Northwestern, Northwestern guy, Duke guy, Stanford guy, Vanderbilt guy. You don't get into those schools by accident. You have to take care of your academics and your athletics simultaneously. And sometimes that means that those guys get disrespected, even though they're working harder by far than the average college athlete is because it ain't easy to stay eligible at those schools. And so I got to give credit to Northwestern here for throwing punches back in such a funny way. Such a well-done job. Congratulations to Northwestern, who is 5-0 in the Big Ten West. They are close to advancing to the Big Ten championship game, close to locking up the Big Ten West already. Only two undefeated teams left in the Big Ten. Ohio State, who a lot of people expected, and Northwestern, 
who almost no one expected at all. I got to tell you, I am excited to root for these guys going forward because of how funny that video that they put out was. Well done, Northwestern football. All right, when we come back, top of the third hour, we'll dive back into Sunday night football. What do we learn in the NFL? What do we learn in college football? And we're scheduled to be joined by Joel Klatt, who is the lead college football analyst of Fox Sports. What did he learn from the Ohio State, uh, Ohio State Indiana game that he called for Fox over the weekend. Appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us. It's Thanksgiving week, and we got a lot to be thankful for on this show. Appreciate all of you hanging with us on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.